0: Think I saw you in my sleep, darling Think I saw you in my dreams You were stitching up the seams, darling The book of promise you couldn't keep Think I saw you in my sleep, ooh Darling
1: and welcome to episode number 15 Is it really only 15 mate it's 15 but we've done lots of point fives we have so in reality this is like probably the 22nd
0: by the time i hear this number 22 yeah, yeah. and if you've heard all of them that's 22 hours of your life you're not getting back i'm not promising you any gifts or anything else if you have listened to them all because Uh, As later on today uh, will prove, the gifts are rubbish. So what have you been up to this week, dude? Well, I have been watching a lot of stuff on YouTube. One for our special that um, we're putting together right now. Concocting. Yeah, the one that we are concocting. And also just for the sheer pleasure of it. So there was this thing that happened a little while ago that I was pretty intrigued by and sort of tiptoeing about because I'm not very a big fan of the band that put it together. So there's this thing called the Doom Dock that's just gone live now on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, it was in a lot of festivals and things, wasn't
1: it? And, yeah, yeah. On CD, but you couldn't get hold of it, really.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. So like, I think a couple of months ago the video came out and you could buy the video. Uh, oh, sorry, why am I saying video? Because you're 84 years old. That's right, you could buy the, uh, uh, buy the reel-to-reel of it. And then <laughs> you could, you could uh, bring it to your home and watch it in the comfort of your own dwelling. And now it appeared on YouTube this week. So I've been really... I can't wait to see it because so many of our friends are in this documentary. It's not just bands that we've, we know and we're friends with, but it's like just the audiences. In fact, Dan, there's one bit in the, the video... Fucking hell! It's not a video. <laughs> There's one bit in this DVD that it's our crowd. So, really? Yeah, we went on tour with Slabdragger, Slabby, sl- Slab the Slabos, and then opening up. If you remember, I think it was yeah Sheffield because this whole thing's about Sheffield at the Lugo. Yeah. There was uh, uh, Curry Coma. Yep. What they really called? Curry Coma. So there, yeah, they opened up, and so it's Did the- we
1: play the Luggal on that tour.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty it's sure we trigger. did. Yeah, yeah. So it was the one where our management came in and saw us. Do you remember that? I think it was that tour. <laughs> it's definitely... The one where the management came to see us, everything was fucked. Yeah, Every. Yeah, that's right so the, the curry Korma guys organised it
1: oh yeah and they were to they film were, to film the documentary yeah,
0: that's right so it was that crowd so uh, the that crowd that had come to see us and Slabdragger and them that predominantly is in this So when there's crowd shots it's a lot of the time it's that crowd and i, I was just like oh yeah i remember i remember uh oh he was really <laughs> nice to talk to oh awesome yeah, all that so that was really cool that was an awful gig mate well that that's what i think that's why i'm a little bit annoyed at the band and don't really follow them at all is purely because that, that gig was so poorly organised and they cared so little about us. Once that that part of it was sorted out for them, it was like, right, okay, you can do what you like now, sort of thing, um, and it pissed me off. So we ended up having, like instead of vocals going through a PA... We had vocals that we were having to run through, like, yeah, bass amp. cabs or something. Yeah, I
1: remember it being on the floor in front of me, so I couldn't move and pull off my
0: usual stances. Exactly. I don't know. So it, it pissed me off, and maybe that's why I had a sour taste in my mouth. And, like, I, I was just, my, let's say, my expectations for the Doom Dock were proper low. And it should not be called a Doom doc because it's not. Basically, it's the drummer from Curry Corners Band, right? and his um, like six-month period of his life sort of thing, maybe, maybe a year or so, where it's like bands that are travelling into Sheffield and out of Sheffield, what's going on with the scene, the local pubs and clubs, and it's really well put together. Yeah, i watched the first ten minutes,
1: and I will definitely watch the rest of it. But yeah, like you say, there's beautiful shots of Sheffield, and there's a little story about the guy getting a bit violent, which I don't quite understand...
0: Well, it sort of plays out like as long as you forget that it's called the Doom Doc because it's not a documentary about doom metal in any way. And I love the female narration as well. It took me a little while to get used to it, but like I, re- I really like that it's, uh, that it's that she's narrating it. She's got a, a, a lovely voice, and it swings from piece to piece, really cleverly done. I, and like, it looks well pro and it feels pro. It's just that it's not a Doom Doc. It's like this guy's scene. I wish it was like advertised that way. Because it's like a real personal tale. And, uh, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. To the point where I am probably going to watch it again. Can we watch it together? We can watch it together. We can hold hands, have popcorn. It's going to be a romantic loving. You know you don't eat popcorn while we're watching something. It's fucking annoying and it should be banned. Oh, yeah, I forget you've got that weird thing. People chewing gum. That doesn't happen. Okay. As I say, I thought it was really well shot. One other thing, like, the bands that were getting interviewed, like, we have played with loads of them, we're friends with loads of them, and there, there was this great one with the Slabdragger guys, like, a bit later on, when it, it goes to, like, how um, drugs are very involved in, like, slow doom or stoner rock, and that sort of thing. And, like, Sam is just, like... You know when you, you speak to someone that's, like, smoked way too much weed, and, like, they're sort of mumbling on... <laughs> <laughs> and like, you're like, "Oh god, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah." He totally does that and the, the scene comically finishes like tsh, dead cut of when he's lighting up a joint and it goes to the next next thing. I was like, "The other guys aren't getting a word in here. It's just Sam rambling on." And I just thought that's so funny. That's like proper clever. Yeah, again, like I really recommend you track it down. I'm still not really into like what are they call Kurakoma Curry korma, yeah. yeah, not into them yet, but like, I'm I'm open again. I'm open. I'm welcoming. Curry korma. Oh mate, I don't know. We should never have like had that little curry korma thing because I can't think of any other way to say it now. No, no. Well, that's so that was that one thing, right? So that like set me up for the week because like when I watch anything like that that I enjoy, I think about it like all day and like I oh, just like, like really like that, like this, like this. Then I started like thinking, well hang on, I've done nothing for this show just because I've been thinking about this documentary <laughs> or whatever. So I started listening to to m- albums that I haven't put like put into my ears yet from this year, and there was a band I got blown away, Dan. I got Ooh. blown
1: away. Well, thanks for texting me about it so well, I could hear it too. Well,
0: I wanted to put this to you because I don't know if you would be into this sort of music anymore. You know how you said the other day you're not really into like in the right headspace to like scar music anymore? Yep. This is sort of a cross between pop punk and post hardcore. The band's called Culture Abuse. The album's called Bay Dream. And like I put this in my notes, so I put the word "it's a knockout." Right? And I know that's old fashioned, old fashioned. <laughs> I know it's an old fashioned word, uh, a turn of phrase, but it really is a knockout. It's so good. And like you know how uh, this is how like Pinkerton hit me. So the first listen, I thought, oh, that's good. But then the hooks start to grab you. And then you find, like, oh, actually, not only has that hook grab me, but that's really clever. And, like, I don't hear things like that very often. Tons of that in this album. Like, tons of it. Um, and it's proper swinging, proper fun. Now, the singer, right, in the... So I watch the videos uh, when I get into something, the next stage is YouTube. So I watch the videos. The videos are well fun. And, like, there's this one uh, from the new album where they're all, like, got a window pane or, like, a thick bit of glass and it's filmed from underneath and they're doing all sort of funny shapes over the top of it. It's great, right? And I thought, oh, that singer's a bit chubby. You know, bit of a chubby singer. (laughs) But but that's all right. I love that. I I, I love it when, like, you've got an unconventional-looking singer, right? And then the next video, again, that's pretty good, pretty fun. I love that song. Great. So then I was like, right, next step, what I do, I go onto YouTube and I put in... Like, a concert. So, like, I'll watch a concert. And he comes on, and he's got bloody cerebral palsy. I kid you not. And I was like, fucking hell. Like, that takes some guts. Like, and, like, he knocks it out of the park. He's so good. And I, I just don't know how how you can do that. Like, it's incredible. And, like, it made me love them even more. Like, I, I can't describe like the, the the joy i had this week from going from watching that documentary that i really loved to watching cultural abuse like getting into them like musically first then thinking oh these videos are actually well good and then watching that live thing and just thinking i really need to see this band live now we um, do the
1: same journey when we find a new band yeah is it yeah. the same route that we take get the songs get the videos live then yeah. see them live
0: yeah, that's it. And some, if any one of those steps don't work, then that band's fucked. Yeah, they're fucked. They're f- they're, they're dead to dead. us. Dead. <laughs> so yeah, that was my week. So I've had like, and it doesn't often happen. So I'm really chuffed that I got those two this week to deal with. Yeah. And um, what about you? What would you do?
1: New stuff I got into. In fact, you got me into it because so I was sort of waiting for you to bring it up. The new Cypress Hill album. Oh mate, that's well good. Yeah, really good. Uh, You've mentioned Ooh. about. Who would have thought that? Yeah. They're a band I hadn't thought about for years and years, other than going back and listening to Black Sunday occasionally. He said about the Egyptian sort of feel on the first song, which I get kind of reminds me of... Do you remember Das Racist? Oh, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, got that sort of vibe to it. The song that really popped out for me, though, because this, this album's quite dark, quite threatening, quite seedy sort of feeling, Then all of a sudden you come across a song called Oh Na Na. Which jumps out suddenly, really poppy, still quite dark, but really poppy. Like, do you remember that song "Hey Ya" by Outcast? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got that kind of yeah, vibe to it. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> so it's like blatantly was that stuck in there to be the poppy single? But then by the time you get to the end, you still feel they might shoot you if you wronged them in some
0: way. Yeah, you totally picked it up on that. It's so dark feeling. It's like really oppressive in its. And its tone, there's like even though there isn't a drone going on, you know how like yeah, oh, I picked up on that as it? well. Yeah, it's like there, there is that feel of like wah, wah, yeah the bass wah, wah, wah. note through the whole thing is like the same, isn't it? Just yeah. like uh, uh, yeah, I and of course who would expect that like from Cypress Hill in today's day and age? Like I, I definitely did not. I, I it was a, an off comment that someone made uh, in in a Mojo magazine. Uh, and then I got the new, uh, so that's why I checked it out. And then uh, the, I got the new episode through this week, and it had album of the month. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was fuck okay. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be getting this then, and got it, and yeah, blown away. I haven't listened to it as many times as you have, so I'm I'm two listens deep, but I had no choice but to let you know, just because I just think whenever there's a decent rap thing that I think's decent, like I'm thinking, oh Daniel might actually love this. I did, so I'll
1: be definitely there. That's probably going to be what I listen to on the way home. Uh, Next up,
0: um, a Beartooth local. No, I don't even know. Yeah, they must be UK, but no. Who's the band I'm thinking of that are from Margate? I ain't Beartooth Skylark. No, it's got bear in
1: the title. Bear bums? No. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Beartooth disease... The new album from them I got this week. Um, I'm not the best judge of this kind of music. The vocals are a bit like that, some 41 happiness. Oh, are they? Okay, but the music's really good underneath it. Quite uh, not like ultra complicated. It's not like Dillinger Escape Plan, but there's quite a lot to it. So. That's going to go back for another listen, because it's, it's a bit off-kilter.
0: Have you heard of them before, Beartooth?
1: Yeah, I've heard the name lots of times, but never bothered to listen to them. So when I saw this, I thought, yeah, I'll get that.
0: I reckon you'll be going... Uh, you'd, well, you've, you've already said you're definitely going to download next year. I can't see them, because they seem to play every other year, Beartooth, So you'll no doubt be watching them.
1: Uh, especially with this uh, new album, Disease, out. Okay, all right, okay. Okay. Uh, Jessica was in the car with me when we were listening to it. She didn't like it much. She gave it three Js.
0: Three Js. Oh, that's a good rating And that's out of ten. Oh, shit. All of (laughs) a sudden, that's not good.
1: Yeah, and a band I've heard of before, but never really listened to a lot. Have you heard the new Windhand album? I got that this week.
0: I've heard a track, and I enjoyed the track, but I really went full in with the last album, and it didn't last long. I must admit, I was really nonplussed
1: yeah I think if you are a metal dude and you this is the first like stonery doom album you hear to get you into it, then it's all there. It's got the dum 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 mid-paced sort of yeah, rhythm. yeah um so some weird guitar effects, long drawn-out vocals. the songs are long and drony. My only problem is there's so many other bands that sound like this doing it a lot better. Okay. so it's good. I enjoyed it and I could listen to it again. But when you compare it to like Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastards new album, it just kicks
0: the shit out of it. Have you already heard that? Have they sent you it? Yeah. You fucker. And it's fucking awesome. Oh, Mate, I would let you have a copy, but I promised my rock star friend
1: Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But I wouldn't. That guy, he's going to fucking get a slap.
0: Thinks he's all that, doesn't he? That Dave. Well, perhaps if you're a bit nicer to people, they might sing you stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm a toe rag. Yeah, that's for sure. But yeah,
1: it's good. And even Jessica said, why is do they keep doing the same thing over and over? Oh, what's the problem? Yeah, well, 13, that's oh. a problem. But yeah, don't buy this. Wait and get Mammoth Weezed with a blah, 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 blah
0: new yeah. album. Did, how many J's did Jessica give him? Uh, this hands? got four J's. Four so J's. Better than Beartooth. <laughs> Okay, well, I've only heard one song of it and uh, yeah, I I thought it was a lot better than the last record but as I say, you can't go in from one song and on one listen on one song at like that. Definitely not.
1: No, it's like they, they do a good song and then they'd let themselves down on the next one, like no vocals and it's just a load of guitar-y
0: ah, delayed okay. bits and it's
1: like, oh, anyone could fucking stand there and do that. But if it's the first time you've heard that, it would be cool.
0: Okay, there was... Another two, like, I've got to give them special mentions, like, after-thought mentions. Like, I can't go into it fully because I haven't listened to them uh, that much. But, like, instantly stood out to me, and I'm definitely going to come back. As I say, my week was full, filled up with culture abuse and this doom Dock. So, there's a band called Lithics. that they're, they're really floating my boat in a minute. Uh, it's a cross between, I like, the Slits. So, it's that, like, uh, late 70s, like, wirey punk sound, and also like a band called Wire, that I'm sure if you're into that sort of sound, you know Wire back to front, it's on Kill Rockstars, which is why I picked it up, and yeah, it's an EP, it's called Mating Surfaces, I reckon it's going to be a real keeper, there's little bits, it's so jarring, there's little bits that stand out to me, like in a way, but oh that was horrible, but in a really good way, like in a real jarring nasty way. Like when you're getting a blowjob and someone sticks the finger up your bum. That is well, exactly not it, but it's similar. One other thing, High on Fire's new record. Oh yeah. Oh, you're not keen? I've thought about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I listen to it a lot,
1: uh, and it's a band I like in theory. Oh, all right, Okay. And I was trying to fit where, see, think where they fit in the world um, of Metal and festivals and where they should be. Yeah, yeah. And I think they are the perfect band to replace Motorhead.
0: All right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. In all the reviews I've heard and read so far, Motorhead always get mentioned. Oh, really? Always. I've listened to it all the way through once. So, again, I can't really judge. And I do think it's overlong, but I don't really care. Like, it's great. When I'm, like, I do sometimes and I know Claire listens to these so I've got to be careful but every now and again I'll put earphones in under my crash helmet when I'm riding to work and like ram ram it up really loud Uh, I know I've only got a little scooter so it's probably a bit sad (laughs) I can imagine you going down the road at 20 miles now listening to High on Fire yeah coming out of your headphones oh mate it's well good (laughs) so yeah uh, to the point where I've got in touch with their PR and I'm like I need to interview this band like I'm I'm loving it. But as I say, I'm only one full listening, so I can't judge it yet. But soon I I'm, I'm I'm upset that you're not fully in. Fully in. I've listened to it probably three times. All right. Um yeah,
1: and like I say, I don't hate it at all, but it fits in a place where I'm not that bothered about going. Okay. All
0: right, you bastard. Sorry. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this podcast. Mm-hmm. do your one first? Mate, I'd fucking love to do my one first, thanks for asking. Go on then. Right, so I got Kerrang! And we said last week, I think even, that we're going to give Kerangs and Metal Hammers a rest, but it's a total lie. I did, I went out fucking miles and <laughs> found something obscure, and you've cunted me off. Uh, yeah, I had to do this Kerrang! Like, I've got them now in a set order that I want to do, like, I've got so much that I want to talk about, like, of so many different magazines, but this one's just always ends up at the top like, and I keep saying no, I can't do this because it's got a friend of ours on the front cover but I just love this issue um, so this one is issue number 1682 1682 uh, when you get to that point why are you still counting I reckon um, August 2017 on the front cover you've got milk teeth and you've got employed to serve and we've got a, a, a very sort of I would say a few years' long history we've employed to serve. At least four years. Yeah. It was
1: 2014 when we first met him on that fateful day on Margate Seafront. Oh, yeah. Wow. I remember walking with Justine and JJ, I think it was, uh, showing them where
0: to buy booze. I only lived around the corner. That's probably the closest I'd ever played to my house. I think that Kerrang! really took... I don't know if it was because it was a new editor or whatever... I remember there was this issue with Black Sabbath on the front cover and it might have been at the beginning of 2017 or might have been at the end of 2016, I don't know. Was that know. the
1: Goodbye Black Sabbath one? I think it was. And Nick wrote it and it was like a really good, honest...
0: Yeah, yeah, Nick Ruskell yeah. Wrote, wrote the feature and fucking hell, when I when I got that, I just thought, uh, like, i put the phone down, like, uh, metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for nothing right now. And like I delved into Krang for the first time in years. Like I considered it to be like sort of rock sound, like um, a kids' mag. Yeah, right. I didn't want to be so harsh, but if you go in there, like a kid. Well, I bought it for Jessica because she was into Black
1: Veil Brides at the time, and I'd obviously, you know,
0: have a flick through yeah, uh, yeah. when it
1: was lying around. Uh, and that bit was like, oh wow, that's fucking awesome.
0: Well, I, I, as I say, because Black Sabbath were on the front cover, I bought it. Um, just thinking he's going to have an interview with black sabbath and a bunch of shit (laughs) and i was fucking blown away to the point where ever since that i get it i get probably one in every two so that's that's good odds also 50 50 (laughs) your maths is on today on fire uh and the writing's really good every sit Every single issue, there'll be a band that I've not heard of, that I at least listen to, like a full album or an EP or something like that. Uh, again, I did with this one. I I just think it's... And I, I know the hardcore and I know the like the real metal heads are all like, oh, fuck off with Kerrang! But just give it a fucking chance. It's absolutely, like, top-notch again. And... It's been that way for well over a year now. Well over a year. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Uh, so this one was from August 17, and it had, as I say, Justine from Employed Serve on the front cover. And that same year, they ended up having like Kerrang's Album of the Year. So I think we need to like, like, just give a little bit of background of me and me and you and our experience with the Employed Serve guys and gals. So my first memory is, uh, and I wasn't, like, didn't know anything about Employed to Serve, apart from, like, I had the very first sort of EP stroke album out, I think. Greyer than you remember? No, no, before that, it's like, it's got, like, a rear-view mirror with I a, know exactly what you mean with the skull in it. Yeah, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. You look it up while I tell this story. So I was, um, I was on Facebook Messenger, like, having a chat, trying to arrange three dates in a row for... Us employed to serve and body hound, and it was like going to be the Holy Raw newbies on tour sort of thing. Because we were all new to Holy Raw.
1: Change nothing, regret everything.
0: There we go. So that that's all they had at that time. Bleak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bleak. i wasn't that much of a fan of that oh, i really liked it yeah as soon I,
1: as you said we might be touring with them i was like fucking never heard of them yeah th- uh, that, that's it th- so, that one was like oh
0: yeah so i draw. bought bought my copy of that and uh made sure i got them to sign it and everything and i, I must admit it wasn't that keen it's all right the next album i was blown away by greater than you can remember i loved it um but organizing this tour i wasn't bothered about like justine and employed to serve at all like it was the fact that i was speaking to joseph Thorpe that used to be in rollo Tomasi and like that he was like a rock star to me uh, and there i am talking to him and he's just got out of bed like and he's in his pajamas and how like, did you know because we were sending each other photos of each other like of what we were doing at the time and things like that and just be, being friends justine was in on it too she was sending us photos it's all right it wasn't a weird gay thing. Don't get jealous. I'm still yours, Dan. I'm Fair still enough. yours. You still got these photos? <laughs> Probably. I've still got the photos. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Maybe you could <laughs> send them to me later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I found myself over like Facebook messaging, like becoming friends with like someone that I had as like up on that pedestal of the rock star thing, and like within like 24 hours of like trying to organise this tour. There was none of that rock star bollocks anymore. It was just like just friends, like you know, like you normally do. As soon as you get to know anyone,
1: yeah. Well, it's like Brady from Cundra. He used to like say the same. Oh, look up to you guys, you know, you know that. And then we're talking and that, and now he looks down on us. He looks
0: down and spits. He does. I th- he threw a rock at me last time I met him. <sighs> he blanked me last time I met him. Prick. Like we, I pulled up. Uh, I mentioned this on the Holy Royal podcast that I, we pulled up. So we pulled up at Arc Tangent Festival. And like we hadn't spoken to each other for ages, and we made eye contact, and instead of like going hi, oh, hey, doing buddy or anything, just both of us turned our heads away from each other, and did that was it. We didn't even say hello. Didn't see each other for the whole festival, and that was it. That was our communication. We just turned tangent. heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arc tangent the year
1: before, and I'm going to put this up on the Facebook page. Yeah. There's a beautiful picture of me, you, Brady, and Z,
0: his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was when he was down to earth. Yeah, that's before he got too big for his boots. <laughs> he rocks though. He's just gone. He's gone to his head. Fucking guy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway. So yeah, I was I was speaking to like Body Hound organizing this thing, and we played um, uh, that tour. We did we do the Lug Hole? We did Margate? We did the Lug Hole, and we did like Nottingham or
1: somewhere stupid like that.
0: No, oh, where was it? It was Winchester. Wincheap? No. Winchester, the other side of Canterbury. Mate. Yeah, it's not that. It's <laughs> Wur- Walsall. No. no. Worthing? Warrington. Warrington. It'd with a W. Oh, motherfucker. wasn't Winchester, because that's the. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, Worthing? No. It was a small town. The venue was up a lot of stairs. I do remember you wore a wife beater. I remember that, because there's, there's a video videos. Yeah. There's videos. Phoenix. Phoenix. Could have been. When... Right, fuck you. I'm Googling this shit. So we played this tour, and it was like the first time... um The Firefly Worcester. Worcester. Thank you, Dan. Worcester. I knew it was wuh. I knew it was wuh. Anyway, so we we played these three shows, and it was just three shows. But we really bonded really well with Employed to Serve. Uh, I, I still think that, like... I. I wish I bonded more with Body Hound, but I was so their their musicianship was so far above ours. <laughs> that I couldn't. Yeah, you felt like you wouldn't be able to talk to them because yeah, they'd thought, be too clever. Like how? Yeah, they'd like assess the, my diction and grade me on it. So that that it was such good fun. It was like the holy, as I say, the holy war newbies on tour, and it was like everyone getting to know each other, everyone having some real good good fun. It was good times, lots of drinks. Like we played some music along the way, but that wasn't the point. It was like us bonding with the label for the first time, and what was great about it is like you saw at the time. Employed to serve were with nothing, were they? They were they were just like just like any other band starting out. Just like five kids. Yep, uh, and just to see them rise, rise and rise and rise through the ranks to the point where on this in August two thousand and seventeen, Justine's on the front cover of Kerrang. I was so, uh, I, I, so happy for them. I was just so like, yes. Like, well done, mate. Strange that, because I was quite bitter. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that, sake. Those arses, that should be me on the front cover. Um, I think that that front cover is one of my favourites. I really do. It's so bright and garish. It's like the old Kerrang, um, where it used to be like for kids. Uh, but, like, and when you open it, it, the graphics are done so well as well, so, uh, again, it looks really kiddie. there's, like, the dolls' heads and things, but then... Yeah, Justine does look sometimes like, why am I standing here holding a doll's head? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true.
1: In fact, I thought it was weird that you actually bothered to send through the photos of this one for me to read, because clearly I've still got that copy did away. I
0: didn't know that you <laughs> still had it, I didn't, honestly, Um, but it's a really great interview, like, both of the girls are, like, giving it some like uh Becky from Milk Teeth does come across as a lot shyer <clears throat> Justine's got a bit more bravado about her but it's really I don't know, it's just one of those things that I just think you know we're breaking through like as 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 a group uh, of friends and mates like it's great to see people like do doing well in the mainstream press like I as a as a young nipper I would have been like, oh, what a bunch of sellouts. I'd look at us and just be like, what a bunch of sellouts. But like, when you grow up and you've got a bit of sense in But you your haven't head... sold out. What have you sold? Exactly. What you you haven't <laughs> got any fucking yeah. money. Yeah, you're not even selling records. <laughs> you know, it's just like you, you've you've got a few guys uh, and girls that that are writing Kerrang!, um, editing Kerrang!, publishing photos in Kerrang!, and they're like supporting bands they love. And that, I just think like good on Kerrang, good on Employed to Serve. The one thing I wanna say about Milk Teeth, like I'm I've never been in with milk teeth and I really disliked the the purple EP, but that yellow EP that came out before it, um, I discovered that after after the purple one. And that's well good. Like I really had to to like Take, take all my dissings of Milk Teeth back because there's a song called Okaying Your Okayness. It is a grunge belter. It really is a grunge belter. It's so catchy. I've never even listened to them. Mate, I, honestly. Look, I thought
1: it was an odd pairing to have them to on the
0: front cover. I think it was together. To, to celebrate their tour because they were touring together yeah, yeah. at the time. Um. Uh, yeah. My, my only other memory of Milk Teeth was at Heavy Festival. When we played Heavy in 2015, they were on the main stage and their equipment started malfunctioning and they had a, like a little brat attack. Like they were getting really bratty and like they said something over the mic that has always stuck with me and they said something like, uh, this festival uh, ain't, ain't for us anyway or something like that and like threw their equipment down and walked off stage. Really? Yeah, it was like, oh, that's childish. You know, if you're... If you're equipment fucks up or something you should be ganging together and like making it like a you know play for yourselves or something you know you want to be putting the best you can possibly put at a festival uh in front of all these new potential fans and like they were just like no we're we're it came across as if we're we're too good for this festival that's how i felt in the crowd watching it hmm. and whether they thought that or not i don't know but like i was a bit a bit that's why I didn't really go into them after that. Saying that, though, musically, you can't deny it. Like That Yellow EP, proper killer, I'm to the point where I'm really looking forward to a new album coming out. And I think they're a three-piece now as well. So maybe they've got rid of the chaff, the mouthy chaff, and uh, the, the, the three heroes are left. Who knows?
1: I'm going to have to give it a listen, I think.
0: I would. Okaying your okayness is where I would start. Because if you're into that, you, you might well fall smack back into the wreck. Next up, I can see you've got Enter Shakiri written there. Yeah, right. What about it? Where are you going? Well, it's well, in for because like I'm going to talk about them because it's my my little bit of my magazine. Fair enough. How dare you? But I want to talk about someone else that I love truly, Chester Bennington. Uh, he of um, uh, pretend test tube metal band, Linkin Park. That's yep. what they're called. Um, I. Right, fair enough. He's dead. Right, fair enough. Like, I get it. It's not fair to his family. Right, it's sad. Like, it's I understand awful. that. What I really don't like about magazines, right? What I really don't like about magazines. <laughs> I'm gonna say it one more time. What I really don't like about magazines is when people draw pictures. <laughs> Right, and send them in, and then they're published. What's
1: wrong with that? Oh,
0: mate. That's it's... a way
1: for them to express their grief. <laughs> it's so cheesy.
0: I hate it.
1: When you die soon <laughs> from a heart attack, and I draw a picture of you and send it into Koran, <laughs> and Claire sees it, that's going to be a beautiful
0: moment for her. <laughs> You just do a stick picture <laughs> but with a big fat belly and a little head on top with the arms poking out. Go and pull. <laughs> rest in, rest in Uh Yeah, anyway, don't draw fucking pictures. I don't care how old you are. They're like, that, I don't know. That's I, that, wrong. You draw what you want. <laughs> even when I was a kid, even when I was a fucking kid getting Metal Hammer, like in the late 80s, like when people would draw a picture and then someone would publish it, of, like, bloody Brett Michaels from Poison pu- puckering up his lips, and then it just looks like just any old, like, five year old's done a shitty picture at school, handed it in, and then Kerrang or Metal Hammer's gone, Yeah, let's put this in. This is nice. I just think they're being mean. What about really good fan art? Even good fan
1: art. I've got fan art on my phone. <sighs> I don't care. I love it. I hate a it. Half of the ghosts. <laughs> things that I'm a member of are people sending in their own pictures and drawings it's just
0: the same
1: it's it's beautiful that they love that band so much that they put the effort to draw a nice picture I can't draw, if I could draw I'd be drawing fucking (laughs) James Hetfield with his mullet
0: all the time, sending it maybe I'm wrong then putting it up on Metallica forums I've done this picture of James Or maybe that's just what Chester would have wanted then of course he would he would not. You are he would such look at a that. horrible person. Enter oh. Shakira's next. <laughs> 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 they do <laughs> they do a track by track breakdown of their new album, and I I've listened to the new album and I didn't like it one bit because they're doing
1: their best. Oh
0: God, what are you today, Mister Devil's Advocate? we that me and claire as i've mentioned before in this podcast we love an and a an shikari song or into shikiri fucking hell it's called live outside and i love that song so much so when that came out the video was awesome uh, i learned from this uh, that it's about mental health issues and it put me off a little bit because everyone sings about mental health issues but I'm not going to go into that because Daniel will just lay into me now. Because uh, obviously you must have mental health issues if you're sending him fucking pictures to go around. <laughs> but uh, one one thing that I would say is like no other song on that record is up to that sort of pop standard. And I know that Shikiri fans might be like, well, Live Outside's the shit one from it because it's so catchy and swinging. But I just want to mention that song again, Live Outside, just like, Kick ass song. I wish, I wish I had that voice. I wish I could Why don't write you like that. Play a bit of it. I don't I don't think we'll be allowed. No one's gonna know. <laughs> Keep it a secret. I wanna live outside, live outside of all of it. Now, admit, I don't like the rap bits. <laughs> <laughs> the rap bits are shit. But, like, I don't care. Like, it sounds like Freddie Mercury without being, like, too overblown. I love it. So, as I said a little bit earlier, Dan, I like to discover new bands for magazines, right? So, in this one, and by the way, your one, I really couldn't be fucking wanting to... Like, the main bands in your one, I was like... I don't want to discover any we'll new bands. Get to how disappointing oh. my magazine was in a minute. Okay, there's two bands in this magazine that are like completely new to me. Why I didn't pick up on them in the past, I don't know. Because, as I say, like me and you, we've had this since it came out. A band called Big Joanie. Now, this is free black women. They play more indie rock, and it's very feminist. Like this is quite a feminist issue, I would say as well. It comes across that way I don't know if it was like meant to be but it but just the way it interviews like all the women in it so big Joni never heard of him. stick him in I did not expect this band to be in Kerrang at all like it's very indie rock uh, very early sort of early 80s in some way indie well it's rock. not shit in the 90s pop indie crack. no 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 it takes it, it's it's much more like kill rock stars sort of thing all right um, but very, very loose, a little bit fay in a way as well. So it's a little bit jangly without being jangly, it's really hard to describe unless you actually just fire up a song and play it. But they're a, a, a feminist trio, like, I don't know. I just think I watched a bit of them live as well, and the songs live were nowhere near as good as they were like on the, the record. And again, as I said earlier, it, that sort of thing puts me off a little bit, so I was like, fair enough. Maybe I'll prefer this other band. Now, this other band, War on Women, Singer gave a really good interview in Kerrang! So, I'm like, I'm, I'm fired up. Like, feminist, strong. And then, when it came on, it was like nothing. like Like, it was just, like, them in a car park sort of thing, the normal, like, video that you would get. Like, her raging. Again, I was a bit disappointed... Are these a young band or? Yeah, well, I don't know. She, I would say she's she's not a spring chicken, but you know, um, definitely like a big, massive like uh, young female fan base. Like when you when you go onto their Facebook uh, and look at the comments and stuff, but. Like, War on Women, again, another band I've not heard of. So I was, like, proper intrigued. And, like, what she was saying was, like, proper right on, and, like, made made me want to listen to them more. But, but, yeah, I just thought, and one thing I will mention, I just didn't think it went the whole hog. It should have gone further. Like, if, I reckon if she'd gone just a bit more, like... Venom prison. Yeah, a bit more feminist. If she'd just pushed it a little bit further, like, in your face, just a little bit... It just seems like a bit too safe. Again, hearing one or two songs, it's hard to judge, and I know I've just been quite harsh. But I was really looking forward to like having these two female like bands like just like to to rage at me, and I didn't get it. So I, I went back to Big Joni, and that's the band I'm going to take from this one. Uh, so I've kept them on my save little profile of bands that I want to check out when they've got something new out. So yeah, that's all I got from this magazine. Again. It's a standout with Kerrang at the moment. Like, if you are like, I'm not going to get Kerrang, so shut up, then no, I won't shut up. I think you should get it. And I think you would recommend that people do too. Just like get the odd one. Uh, You'll be surprised at how good the writing is these days.
1: Yeah, and how much the smaller bands are coming into it now as well. The underground's being held up on there as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, absolutely love this issue. And I'm loving Kerrang! again, so all good. What did you bring to the table, Daniel Sargent?
1: Well, as we were supposed to do, I went out and got something a bit different. In fact, to be honest, I'd had it a while. I'd just been waiting for a time to bring it in, to bring it around. Hit Parader with Ozzy Osbourne on the front cover from 2007. He's back. <laughs> the Godfather returns. Got a bit of Marilyn Manson on the front there. What a disappointing turd of a magazine. Well, when's it from?
0: 2007.
1: Okay. That The front cover,
0: right, makes me think, oh, hello. I, yeah. like, I like it. That's why I bought it. It looked yeah.
1: quite cool. And I can't tell if it's a faux crow going into Ozzy Osbourne's mouth. <laughs> and he's just handing the with a limp wrist.
0: Let's have a look. No, because the bird, the bird's there. The bird is there. It's it's creating a shadow. But that could easily just be photoshopped on. Hit Parader wouldn't do that. They they wouldn't cheat you, Dad. Are they
1: a bastion of honesty?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm still gonna burn this later. Oh shit! What 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 great stuff did you uh, take from Hit Parader, Dad?
1: Feels very American. Straight away, obviously, which it is, uh, just by the sheer number of adverts in oh, it again. no, not again. Weirdly, the reviews section is right at the front. And there's actually, to be fair, quite a cool spin on it because they take each each album and then two people give their opinion on it, which you think, oh, cool, so someone's going to okay. slay it and someone's going to bring out the good parts, but they don't. They both just bring out the good parts, but from a different angle. Okay. Uh, and you end up feeling like, It's back to the old thing, nothing gets less than a seven. Like, they've just got to say good stuff about these albums. hate that.
0: Mm. Unless, of course, they are all sevens and eights and nines.
1: Yeah. And it's all, like, bands that never
0: grabbed me, like Velvet Revolver and stuff like that. It is, I mean, 2007, like, that summer, like, I was not into any, any of these bands that are in this magazine. Like, not one of them. Uh, it was a time... I don't know what the fuck I was listening to either. Because I must have got back into, like, reading Mojo and just listening to, like, obscure indie stuff. And, like, I, I remember at that period, because I, I fancied myself as a bit of a journalist, that I was I was really into, like, discovering old bands and I was writing my book about the 80s. So I guess if you call that old... But like I, w- I was really into like looking for old '80s bands, which were mainly pop and new wave. Like I, w- I was not into metal. So like having a look through what you sent, found it really intriguing. Yeah. But at the same time, when you when you do fire up Spotify and you do ever listen to these tracks, I'm thinking, oh, I didn't miss much.
1: Yeah. Well, you got Velvet Revolver, Libertad. <laughs> What's it called? I can't believe it's called Libertad. Liber, liber, because it's not liberated. Libertad. Li- liberated, libertad. Libertad. <laughs> Why did you say Libertad? Oh, fuck knows. <laughs> uh, he got Chris Connell solo album.
0: Oh. oh, right, yeah. Ozzy yeah.
1: Osbourne, Black Rain, come on. Machine Head, The Blackening. Lordy, which we'll come to later. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's just like, like you say, none of those bands are. They're all like there's nothing new or excited in there. It's like either Soundgarden's solo project or fucking what would Stone Temple Pilots and Guns N' Roses being mashed together to try and pull yeah. something out of that
0: mess. But I mean, you mentioned Aussie and like when I got into Black Sabbath, I did rediscover like all my, the old Aussie albums and like I went up to Black Rain and I thought like there was a period before Black Rain where he was fucking horrible there's this cover version album that he did. I think like maybe it's called Undercover. Um, let me have a quick look. I might have written it down. Yeah, Undercovers, it was called. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Like doing John Lennon covers or whatever. Just like, so banal and shit. And then a year later, he comes out with Black Rain. Proper good album, I thought. But again, is it is it as good as Bark at the Moon? No. Is it Sabbath? No.
1: We'll get back to Mr. Ozzy Osbourne later. All right, mate. Um, Marilyn Manson interview. Now, at first, I I don't like him. You know that. Everyone knows that. Um, (laughs) It's common knowledge. It's common knowledge. Even he knows it. He fucking does. He knows. Looks like a cool interview at first. It's quite chunky and big picture of him on one side, which, if you like his face, you'd like. Good face. Yeah, good face. Uh, Tim Abbott, it's mostly uh, Tim Abbott writes the article and it's mostly him gushing over Marilyn Manson, to be honest. There's only really about three chunks of Marilyn Manson's own words. Oh, that's weird. It's like little sound bites with loads of filler from the journalist and it's all stock bullshit, like, you know, just pop quotes like, my challenge is challenging myself. Um, which he says about opening a new gallery because um, he doesn't want to be uh, predictable. And, oh, it's just like pretentious as fuck, really.
0: Well, at this time he was like massive rock star. I'd have
1: thought Marilyn Manson was on his way out by this time.
0: But he, was, he would still made it. He was like the, you can't say he wasn't a rock star at this point. No, and he's it going on about was.
1: oh yeah, I want to be a, I want to direct a movie. What the fuck qualifies you to direct a movie? just money. because you're Marilyn Manson
0: money
1: it's not Rob Zombie
0: wow <laughs> yeah but imagine imagine what would come out of Marilyn Manson's mind wow yeah I would love him to Like, maybe he has directed a movie he was in he was, he was in the biker show Sons of, Sons anarchy. of
1: anarchy
0: Yeah. sorry what do you call it Sons of Anarchy it's anarchy is
1: it Anarchy. I don't get words wrong. Are you,
0: are you from, uh, like, that's like how someone from Cornwall would say it. I'm fucking Cornish, mate. All right, sorry. It's the only Take bit of
1: uh, Cornish I've got left in me is that word. All right. <laughs>
0: that's all that's
1: left. Okay. Anarchy in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be anarchy.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: then there's a bit on a band called Heaven and Hell. Who I hadn't really heard of before. Yeah. Uh, Black Sabbath, back with Dio, originally to do. Don't make that fucking noise while I'm talking. Sorry. Uh, Back with Dio to do originally three songs and then end up doing like a load of tour and touring and things with it. Uh, They couldn't call themselves Black Sabbath though because of Ozzy and Sharon. Oh, again, she's just such a cunt. (laughs) Ironically,. When he was asked, when Tony was asked if this caused stress between him and Ozzy, he said, no, I was round for dinner at his house the other day, and it was fine. <laughs> uh, we just had dinner and uh, didn't chat about work. Uh, but, you know, I think Heaven and Hell came out tops here because the fact that Black Sabbath were going back on tour and they weren't allowed to do that made it such a bigger deal than it probably was. Uh, and they reckon people were chan- chanting Black Sabbath. yeah. And wearing Black Sabbath t-shirts. It
0: was a really good interview. I didn't know a lot about that period. And I feel like I know a good chunk now. It was really well-written, really good interview.
1: Yeah, Tony Iommi was actually um, really worried. He said that no one was going to turn up to the shows because no one would know that Heaven and Hell was actually Black Sabbath from the Dio.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, they, they, they didn't have that Sharon PR machine in motion because it wasn't Black Sabbath. So... It, yeah you can't you can't imagine like a sort of sort of a, a panic of like what's because last time I, I remember from reading like many many black sabbath books like that the audience was always there for black sabbath and uh, until this little period where uh, like they released an album i think called tyre t-y-e maybe and before that the crimson idol so like the crowds had started to dwindle when like None of the big singers were there. I think a guy called Tony Martin was the lead singer. So yeah, yeah, you're looking at me like, who the fuck's that? And uh, yeah, like a lot of fair weather um, Black Sabbath fans wouldn't really know that period at all, where where Tony kept it going. But really, there was not a lot. There were some good songs on it, but there was not a lot of fan base for it because people wanted Dio or wanted Ozzy, and that was it. Yeah. And then we come to an interview with Ozzy Osbourne. Okay.
1: Done by Andy Setcher. Basically, why has it been six years since you've done your last album? I was doing a TV show. You know what that TV show is, don't you? Yeah, yeah, what was it? Family Guy. Family Guy. Uh, he's got a home studio now, uh, which is great, apart from the fact that Sharon can drop by and make sure he's doing work and not chatting with Zach Wilde. Oh, mate. <laughs> imagine that like you're Ozzy Osbourne and you're scared like your wife is going to come
0: and she tell you off she cracks the whip like cracks the whip like, and I, I remember interviews with him beforehand so I must have kept in touch somehow where he was pushing an undercovers album like so no new songs just all cover versions and like it was like a passion thing that Sharon had let him do It's like that's a weird way to be like That was his passion project. He really wanted to rediscover the, the songs and Sharon might let it go ahead. Like it's weird. It's just weird. <clears throat>
1: There's a nice uh, paragraph where he gives Zack Wilde some props, calls him his right arm. Um, now that's what I don't get. Can Ozzy even play guitar? He doesn't write these riffs, does he? He can barely sing. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little bit on one of our earlier shows about
0: how Sharon fucked over one of the guys... Yeah, yeah, from, from, uh, oh, allegedly, from, yeah, from one of those early records, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I wonder, has that happened to Zach Wilde? Because all Zach Wilde's
1: riffs sound like you know, it's Zach Wilde playing that guitar riff, so all those things that he plays on of Aussies, he must have come up with those riffs and wrote
0: those songs. Well, I think. Even if Because there's no way case. Ozzy
1: picked up a guitar and started playing like Zack Wilde, is there?
0: Yeah, that's true. And if the song's just credited to Ozzy Osbourne, well, that's Sharon, like business 101. But at the same time, like, Zach's still there. Zach's been there forever. Like, he knows the deal. Well, who knows what the deal is? But I just think, like, you know that thing where, like, you mentioned earlier in the quote where, like... Um, Who's a guitar player in Black Sabbath? Tony Iommi. Tony thanks, me. mate. Whew. Oh, I'm glad he ain't listening. Uh, yeah. So Tony, when Tony mentioned like the business side of things, wasn't sure whether people would come there or whether like it, it, that's just the business side of things, you know, because of Aussie uh, and they had dinner or whatever. Now that's weird because that's how they see it. When you're at our level, like business thing doesn't come into it. Like it's all about like how you treat people and stuff like that. When there's millions of pounds at stake, I think you've got to do that business thing or else you could potentially lose millions uh, or, you know, in Aussie's case, maybe tens of millions just from not having a contract signed. And if you want to be part of the Aussie entourage, then yeah, sign it. If you don't, they'll get someone else to do it, like Sharon said. Like I think there is that cut-off, that financial cut-off point don't you? You must think that. Or do you just think, like, it's cuntish, you shouldn't do it? Yeah, I could never fuck someone over like that. But they, they won't see it as fucking it over. As they, as both of them said,
1: it's business. Well, the last guitarist on the interview felt Yeah, he felt over. fucked over, yeah. They actually talk about heaven and hell in Ozzy's interview as well. And oh, wow, OK, I miss that. Yeah, uh, and to me, Ozzy seems cool with it. Well, certainly cool with the fact that Heaven and Hell are playing, he sort of acknowledges, well, yeah, I'm off doing my own thing, I'm doing a TV show and all that, uh, and I can't expect Tony and Geezer to sit around and do nothing and wait for me. But he now sort of goes on to say, but Sabbath is me and the lads. You know, if Dio's there, it's got to be something else because it's not Sabbath because I'm Sabbath. Right, Okay. Uh, But then he does acknowledge that he all the fact that the fans like Dio and that is a part of the history. So he's not saying that shit, I don't want anything to do with it. He's just saying that's something else. Dio's great, I like Dio too. Yeah. Um but that's not Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is me. I think yeah,
0: I, I think at that point And I think it's yeah. Sharon making him say that as well. Mate, he's not just a puppet though, is he? He's a man. He's not like, he's mad. he's a mad, he's nutcase. What do you think in that case? He like uses Sharon is like a shield, so
1: we can say, well, no, I don't want that, but we're going to make it sound like it's you that's saying it, and I can still be the lovable old guy that wanders round and picks up dog shit.
0: Maybe, maybe that. I'm that getting it. deep here. I think maybe that could be right. I've unraveled a conspiracy. or well, maybe that's a subconscious thing that he's doing. I, regardless, I think Sharon rules that roost. Not just like in management, but I think it's like, just from what you see, and, and admittedly, it's what the press lets us see. Yeah, it's what they let you yeah, see, yeah, what yeah. they let the press see. So, yeah, so that's what, what I feel about it. But what do I know? Hmm. I'm just sitting here talking to you in my bedroom. Um, corn Unplugged. That never happened. It fucking did. How the hell does that happen? I have no idea. I started to
1: <laughs> <laughs> write my notes. No corn said at the time, there's no reason for us to do this album uh, at this point <laughs> That's in time. The end. <laughs> <laughs> it came up as part of doing the live show. And then I just stopped. Like, if they can't even fucking be bothered to say, yeah, we're well behind the unplugged. It was like, yeah, we didn't really need to do this, but... <laughs>
0: That it was there. That, that should have just been the quote. There was no point to us doing this album. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I tried to find it. It's not on iTunes. So they obviously realised oh, how shit it is man. and got rid of it. Um, so I had to dig it up on, I think it was YouTube. I found some okay. eventually. And it's blind, acoustic. How?
0: How does that work acoustically?
1: We're going to play you some now. Why well, like, oh why did you bother? Like Pearl Jam unplugged, amazing high-energy unplugged Pearl Jam. Nirvana unplugged, beautiful and soulful. And even my probably my favourite unplugged, Eric Clapton. Tears in heaven. It, uh, beautiful. Whether you like it or not, it, that did something for that artist.
0: Corn doesn't work unplugged. No, it doesn't work unplugged. It's like a fucking square pusher unplugged. Really? No, I made that up. But that wouldn't make any sense, would it? <laughs> I've got a square pusher unplugged. <laughs> it's just someone banging a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
1: um, off, corn. Back in 2007, I probably took one look at this next band and laughed and turned the page and never clicked play. Uh, Lordy, did you ever listen to them?
0: I was watching the Eurovision Song Contest that they won.
1: Uh, that I've got that in here. Now that I've like sort of got into ghosts and I can handle a bit of drama and flair oh, and do don't theater, you start
0: saying that you're a Lordy fan?
1: Yeah, I sort of oh yeah, they look a bit weird. Um, I'll put a song. They on. look a
0: bit weird. They <laughs> look
1: like a bit fucked up. Um, I thought i will give them a quick listen, and I got the Eurovision Song Contest, and the fact that it was in the Eurovision Song Contest, and I was wearing a Finnish hat. That put me off straight away, but because I could not have like I was concentrating on something else and I couldn't turn it off. Um, I let it play all the way to the end, right. and by the end I kind of liked it. Of course you did. Of the course you did. The singer has got a microphone, which is an axe at the other end. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna show William it.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I think. And do you know what? They they've released a new album this year, like just now, like in the last month, and it's doing really well. So, good luck to him. Hmm. but I'm it gonna, ain't mine. My... I'm going to listen to them again.
1: Um, last bit was, uh, I don't know if you picked up on it, the Iron Maiden toy. Little Eddie no, figure, live no. after death figure of Eddie bursting out the ground.
0: No, not well, at all.
1: You didn't remember? That doesn't have any significance to you?
0: I might, have, I might have a little bit of significance. You
1: bought it for me for my birthday. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Probably in 2007. I've still got it. I do... I do remember you having that. I don't remember me buying it, though. Yeah, definitely, because I was like, well like chuffed. I'm so nice.
0: You are.
1: That was a good thought-out present. Why can't I remember buying it
0: for you? Did I steal it? It's been a long
1: time. I guess. There's been a lot of birthdays between them. There has,
0: yeah. I was thinking of, I'm going to get you something for Christmas, and I'm going to give it to you on air. Do you want to do Christmas
1: presents? Yeah,
0: let's do it on air for the Christmas episode. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, overall, Dan... You can't just sell it. <laughs> whatever you get me, I'll keep forever. Right. Um, yeah, overall... Always bringing it up. Always bringing up that fucking Rancid CD. Overall, all over, I would
1: not buy Hit Parader.
0: Do you know what? This is not, not including um, Interpol Times last week, right? But Two on the Trot for You, magazines, you've really disliked. You know that because remember the other one you said you were going to set fire to, and I saved it to sell on eBay, sort of thing. Yeah. And now this one, I imagine, same. Just, you're not interested. Don't want to see it again. No. Weird. Why do you keep choosing ones that you know you're not a fan of? Was this like well, the didn't front cover? I not know if I was good? a fan or not. Exactly. Ah, I see, right, okay. Because um, so I needed to find out. I'm I'm a bit disappointed with Hit Parade because I remember it from my youth being well good, but of course that wasn't. A different era of music so maybe we don't give up don't give up on Hit parader we'll give it another go later on okay. sound good yeah we'll get an older issue older issue so I guess this is where we're wrapping things up we we've done Kerrang we've done Hit parader've talked about all the new albums oh man we've done a lot today thanks for listening people oh don't forget to press subscribe on the iTunes. You can contact Daniel Sargent on Twitter. He is at hellchild619 and also hellchild619 on Instagram. I think. Pretty good, was not it? You're going to get into voiceover work. No, no, I'm too ugly. Then finally, uh, I want to say for me, I would really appreciate if you went on to um, my Instagram. And, like, talk to me about horror Blu-rays and things because, like, we're doing this thing, me and my missus, for October where we're just watching horror films uh, and Voyager, Star Trek Voyager. So you can talk to me about Voyager as well.
1: I fucking love Voyager. Oh, mate, it's so good. Let's scrap this podcast and do a Voyager podcast. There
0: there is already a a Voyager podcast, which is two women, right, women watching Voyager for a start, I'm in, right, love it, that they basically have a bottle of wine each and get pissed watching an episode and then talking about it and like they've got all the notes all the details you learn stuff you've never known before i can't remember what it's called but it's well good so they
1: start from episode one the caretaker no they
0: just random caretaker's number one but then they're off they're random like and me and claire we've watched voyager so many times like the whole thing through and every single time we remind ourselves oh god we've got to wait for Kess to fuck off and Seven <laughs> and Nine to come in I'm like who cares about Kess? four like seasons
1: Kes. when fuck she comes off. back and she's all
0: powerful as oh, well mate that's a spoiler but luckily I've seen it a few times but yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so I don't know Kess really fucks me off why I don't know she's such a pixie such a and when she talks she goes and now Neelix I, we can't be together Neelix pisses me off more. No. He's the fucking sad comic relief. He's the Jar
1: Jar Binks of Voyager. Ah,
0: oh, fucking hell, Dan. You're you're war, That's fighting talk. The Doctor's my favourite character. We love the Doctor, but we're, this season this, time, season, this time around watching it, we've really got into Tuvok. Tuvok's awesome. You, Have you seen Tuvix? Mate, yes, I was just going to say Tuvix <laughs> is a classic. So that's the End of Different Times podcast. Welcome to Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, anyway, any last words, Dan? I'm going to bed.